together.
Um, we're glad you're here today. Happy Sunday. <laughs> we're glad you're here instead of watching a Broncos game. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying. You're the ones that showed. So you get a pat on the back. Um, just meet someone next to you. Meet someone that you don't know. And um, we're just going to enter into worship. tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is Your presence, Lord. 
God, we honor you today. Holy Spirit, we worship you. distraction of life, every worry, we just choose to focus on you right now, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit fill this place, fill every heart and mind, every place where there's affliction, I speak healing, every place where there's pain, where there's hurt, speak healing in the name of Jesus. Despite of what we're going through, God, we still choose to praise you.
Raise your voice. Great are you, Lord, through every trial, through every hardship, Lord God. Great are you, Lord. Why? Because it's your breath. Come on, sing with me. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. 
one last time. Just join in. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. Yes. So we pour out our praise to you only. Thank you, Lord. Give God praise. Praise. Thank you guys. You guys can be seated. Greet the person right next to you. Man, isn't it wonderful to hear the voices worshiping God? There is something about it when we do what we're made to do. That's just at the end of the day. I don't know what it is, but when we do, we were created to worship God, no matter if it's at work or wherever we are, but there's a beautiful thing in singing. It's crazy. Babies sing, right? Babies sing and dance. You don't need to tell them. They just do it. It's in them. You put on music. It's in us. It's innately in us because God has created us for worship. God has created us for worship. And I pray that when you come in here, it doesn't matter how you sound or feel. Be in here because you're not, we're not worshiping one another or trying to see how good the person next to us is. You know, don't, you know, we're just here to allow our voice to be known to God. There is an audience of one. An audience of one. Who cares about the person next to you? I mean, care about them, but like in your worship, like just be just we are made for God for the glory of God for the glory of him and I hope that you can find your peace in that amen at this time Franco is going to come up and receive the offering give him a hand I love Franco I want to share with you uh first Timothy uh six verse 17 and he reads warn the rich people of this world not to be proud of or trust in wealth tell them to have faith in God who is rich and bless us with everything we need to enjoy life this speaks very good to us because riches come and go but the love of God is always there with us so let's just pray Father God we thank you for this day we thank you for the blessing of being here we thank you that we can give our praises to you we thank you that you are here with us and we thank you that we can give to you and we pray that your presence will be in this room. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we're bringing up our director, Julie Mitchell.
and we're just going to meet together. Um, but there is going to be a focus. We're going to be um, just talking through the questions that John's going to write relating to the sermon. So you don't have to know much. You don't have to know anything, to be honest. Just come, and um, we're going to learn how to apply God's word to our lives. We're also going to eat, and we're going to pray for each other. So we're just keeping it really simple. Um, so I just want to encourage you guys, if you've never joined a group for, or if you always join our groups, we really want you guys all to be a part of it. We believe that um, our small group ministry is what's going to really push our church forward and growing together and connecting. And we don't want anybody to feel alone. Um, we don't want anyone to feel like you walk in this church and you don't know the people that you're even sitting next to. So in order to... Um, to really get to know each other, the best way to do that is actually in each other's homes and in small groups. So I even put, um, I put the absolute worst picture I could find of Mark and I in there. So if anything, just at least look at that and laugh. But I, I did that purposefully so that you know that you can just come to these houses and be yourself. Like you don't have to be polished. You don't have to be perfect and pretty and have it all together. You can come however you are, however goofy you are, however tired you are, it doesn't matter. We just want you to come and be a part of our lives. So um, I did want to mention one thing. On the back page, it says how to get involved in a life group. And we're just going to say for right now, um, just text whatever leader whose group you want to be in. We're just going to keep it really simple. Um, we do have Jason. He's going to update our app and our website in the next week or two. But if you already know, like, I want to be in the O's Life Group or the Frank's Life Group or the Mitchells or the Petersons, just go ahead and text that leader and they will make sure that you get the information right away. Um, and if you have any other questions, I'll be at the guest center. I'm at the front of the church and you can just come talk to me about it. Thank you. Oh, when we do simple church, it's always interesting because I speak in circles but I, I love the, the intimacy. I love the uh, just us uh, just singing together. Sometimes, you know, I know it's someone staring at you across. Try to not make eye contact with someone across the, the way. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. So I was like, look, I was singing and I was like, don't make eye contact. I was like. <laughs> you know, you slowly, your eyes go up or you close your eyes, but it, it was totally, totally okay. There's a couple other things coming up. If you got the little flyers or walking in uh, the newcomers uh, lunches today, if you're new to the church or newer or need to get connected, you are invited right after service uh, to uh, my place. And we are, we are preparing a meal for you. Gabe is there preparing. So it is going to be amazing but you are invited and if you feel like mm, am i new enough to come anyway then right you are you are invited to it i want i want to just meet you guys get to know you and you guys to get to know us and uh, we would love to have you in our homes it's going to take place right after service next week is our all hands meeting at 9 30 so say not no, at nine o'clock i apologize say nine o'clock next week is our all-hands meeting. That means all, anyone that is, uh, is serving with us or want to serve or want to get involved with Hill City Church, I want you to come and hear because we've been through the consultation process, and I want you to hear the mission and the vision of our church, but how we're going to get that accomplished and what three to four things we are trying to focus on so that you know what changes are happening. And I know change is not easy. Who loves change, right? Some of us, some people do. I do love change. 
Like, uh, that's why my wife and I, we battle. Because I'm like, we need to do something new. She's like, what about the things we've been doing? You don't like that? You know? So, but I'm constantly, I'm a, I constantly hobby. Who has a new hobby all the time? Anyone? Is it, I do, right? Yeah? So, yep, thank you. See, there's some people that are, are constantly trying to do something new or something different, and that's how I am. But uh, there's changes taking place in our, in our church family, and I want you guys to be patient and be prayerful, okay? So we went through this process of what areas that we need to not only improve on, but so that we can make an impact in our community and as a, and as a body of Christ. How can we make the greatest impact with the breath and the life that we have on this earth today? And so that's what we went through, and we are going to establish some of that next week at 9 o'clock. So please come for that, for the all-hands meeting. And, of course, Julie spoke about life groups. If you're not in a group, join a group. If, you, if you're thinking about maybe I should be in a group, be in a group. If you think maybe I won't make it all the time, but I can make some, then still come anyway. And if you're thinking maybe they don't like me, it might be true, but they'll like you, all right? Right? Some of us, you know, are harder to love, such as myself, right? We're harder to love, but it's okay. Come as you are. We believe that life is better together, that this, this thing called faith, it only works. It's not an individual thing. It was, it was always done for community. Any time that you read in the New Testament, or most of the time, I would say 90% of the time you read the word you or, or they, and it talks about, any, about us individually, it's actually talking to us as a group. You was always talking about the church, the people of God, together, what they would do. So there's a, uh, there's a shift in understanding because we are Americans. Everything we read, it's about me, right? When we read the Bible, oh, I, I could be David. I can be Paul. I am Peter. I'm this. No, no. We are the church, right? And it's always been, it's, it, it's a communal movement, and it's always been that way. So please get into a group. Go to one of them and, and, and just say, hello, my name is whatever. And I, I, I'm sure that, uh, that you would have a great time. So please go to that. But we're going to pray. I'm, I'm, we're, we're on part three of the message series, basic say basic we we were going back to the foundations of faith and last week we talked about our want for christ and our the desire what is our motivation for following god but this week is a continuation it's part b of that i'm going to break it down for you if you missed last week's message please 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 listen to it on our app or on facebook or online or on website you can go any place to listen to it it's on soundcloud it's on vimeo it's on a lot of places. You can go, so it's not like you can miss it, all right? But please listen or watch that message from last week. I'm going to pray, and we're going to run right into this, and we're going to just ask for God's presence to speak to us, and we're going to move from there. But pray with me. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment in time, Lord God, that we are alive, that we are well, Lord God, that you are, Lord God, with us today in this church family, Lord God. You are not in a building, Lord God. You are in us, Lord God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, the holies of holies, dwells within us, Lord God, that we have actual access to you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, let us not, Lord God, belittle what is going on even in these moments of how much you love us, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that that you would speak to our lives, that you would reveal Jesus Christ, and he would change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen, amen. 
So today we're on part three of basic, and, 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 and it starts with this verse by, by Paul. He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says. For those who are new to faith, I, this is going to build your theology or your view of God. For those who have been Christians for a while, this series is like a chiropractor. Some of us, we are misaligned. Right? Well, why do we go to a chiropractor? Because we're walking funny, right? Because our back's not aligned or our hips are off. One time I had the chiropractor pull my leg and he popped my, both my hips. And I was like, that was the craziest thing. I have never had someone pop my hips, but it felt so good. I was like, do that again. He's like, I can't. It's in place right now. Don't mess it up, John. Right? Here, come back next week. I was like, okay, I'll come back next week. And he, bah, he popped it out until I didn't need to come back any. More, But sometimes we need a readjustment, realigning our faith. And that's what devotion is. Devotion to God is reordering your life so that God is first in your life. That we are reordering the systems and we're reordering the priorities of our life. That God is where he needs to be as our first love. You with me? So that's what this message series is doing. It's chiropractic. Right? And, and I, I hope that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And more than anything, be open for the Holy Spirit to convict you, to build you, to grow you. Because if we're not open to God moving, we're just listening to words and information and nodding our heads or closing our eyes, whatever you want to do. But if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us and actually move on some of the areas, I believe those who are who are been Christians for a long time or those who have never heard about Jesus are, are in this room today. And I believe the Holy Spirit can still speak to both people boldly and build you today. Because Christianity, at its core, we said last week, is a transaction between a person and God. And a person who becomes a Christian moves from knowing God distantly to knowing God closely and intimately. Christianity is knowing God. That's at the bottom line. It's knowing God. Turn, if you have your Bibles, please go to John 17. All right. And Philippians 3. All right. Philippians 3 didn't get a cheer as much as John 17, but we like both. We, we cheer at the Word of God because we believe the Word of God reveals Christ, and Jesus Christ changes our lives. That's why we love the Word of God around here. I'm reading from John 17, 3, and it says this, knowing God, right? Now, this is eternal life, that they know you. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Philippians 3, 8 and 9 says this, Indeed, I have counted everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, the value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And then Paul says, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things. I look at that and I count them as rubbish. That is uh, one of the curse words found in the Bible, just a I-E, right? So there's cussing in the Bible, which is funny because Christians don't cuss except in the Bible, all right? In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. That's right. That's crazy. That's a word rubbish is not what you think it is, all right? In order that I may, say those two words, I may gain Christ, 
that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Knowing God, knowing God is in a relationship like a best friend, right? You, we are in relationship, and, I, and, and the, more, the longer that you know somebody, I mean, on a relational level, the more you get to know them, the more the quirks, right? The more Candace uh, and I spend time together, she's like, you are quirky as all get out, and I know. And I know that I don't talk to her in the mornings because I know her. If we want to fight, we talk in the mornings. If we don't want to fight, we don't talk in the mornings. And I disagree because I'm a morning person. I wake up like, isn't it a beautiful day? And Candace just looks at me like, you know we don't talk in the morning. <laughs> you know we don't talk. Oh, I forgot. We don't talk in the morning. And she doesn't drink coffee, so it, it, it takes a little bit. So I go off. I'm all happy. And i just like, you're not going to ruin my day. You're not going to ruin my day, Candace. <laughs> so we don't talk too much. We kind of just do uh, what we need to do, get the kids off. But I know Candace. It's not like a first date, right? I'm not reading up on her on Match.com to see, like, oh, she likes, she likes the Broncos or she likes this. or you know, I'm not reading up on her and I don't really know her. No, we, we've been married for 15 years. We know each other, right? You are as close to God as you want. You are not closer because you don't want to be, meaning you don't want to pay the price to know him. For Moses to know God, he had to climb a mountain, for he had to go from place to place and trust that God was leading him. At any point, Moses could have said, I'm done. I'm done knowing you. I would rather be the people of Israel. I'd rather be down there on the bottom of the mountain. But you will never see the top of the mountain walking hand in hand with God if you don't want to know him. Because there's a cost to climbing the mountain. There's a cost of developing this relationship. Are we always happy all the time? No. Right? No. Maybe Candace is all the time. Right? <laughs> Candace is happy all the time with me because I do that well. But people who know us know there's moments we fight. Right? Yesterday, there's moments we yell. I yelled at, the, I yelled at my son yesterday very loudly. And Candace was like, don't do that. Then like two hours later, I still hear, I hear him yelling, and I laughed. So I was like, <laughs> I was like in your face. I didn't say anything though. I was like, oh yeah. It was just, yeah, he was being bad today, but in my, but the selfishness in me, you know, I was like, see, don't you dare yell at me. I was right. No, I was wrong in that moment, but I was just saying we were on the same page of being crazy parents yesterday, and if you're crazy parents, join the club. Join the club. That's real life. If you, if everything is uh, looks happy and like looks plastic, it's not. It's not. It's not it. You're faking it somewhere, right? We can know God. That's why it's so important to put time aside to know Him, isn't it? If you want, if me and my wife, we want to get close, we have to spend time together. And in the pace of life, how fast life goes, it has to be mandatory. It has to be scheduled. It has to be intentional to know one another. It does. It does. It, we have to know one another intentionally, right? We have to know each other. We have to create moments like, hey, this is our time. You got to boot the kids sometimes. Get out of here, right? Because they, everything will distract you from this beautiful relationship. And I tell the kids, and if you ask my kids, who, who does dad love most? What human being does dad love most? And they'll say, mom. I'll say, good, because the best thing for my kids is for me to love my wife deeply. 
It absolutely is. And so I say, it's the best thing for you. And they're like, I don't even understand what you mean by that. Yeah, I'll say, one day you will. One day you will. But just like from anything, as we, knowing God, as we worship, pray, obey, there's moments, it's uncomfortable, and it feels weird. There's moments you're sitting in the circle, and you think someone's staring at you, so you got to sing at, at a different direction or close your eyes. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. But it's not about our moment. It's not about how we're feeling. It's about knowing God and giving God what he deserves. Listen, devotion to God is reordering your priorities and your feelings to put Jesus first. Put him first. I know some of you will never go to groups, but I'm going to ask you, put Jesus first. I know, oh, I'm busy. Listen, we're all busy. We're not doing groups because we're not busy. We are doing life groups because people need to know one another and they need to grow in their faith in knowing God. They need people to pray over them. They need to share their burdens for one another. Some of us in this room, we have not even shared a burden with someone in a long time or we have not confessed sin to someone in a long time and so we feel so isolated, so alone. We feel so heavy. Guess what? That's why God made the church so that you don't walk alone, that we walk towards the mountain of God together. That that's how he makes us holy. You know there's going to be someone in that group that you are not going to like, that you're going to grind. It's going to be like iron sharpening iron. Guess what? The Bible says good deal. Good deal because you need to be smoothed out. You think they do and they think you do and then God puts you together because they're like in your face. That's what I feel like God's saying to me. I put that person in your life to humble you. I put that person in your life to quiet the things that you're so loud about and maybe question the things that you talk so much about. So God puts people in our life not only for that, to grind us down, those sharp edges, but also to build us up, to strengthen us so that we can actually know God together. And transformation doesn't take place because we want to. Transformation of our lives, of our hearts and of our minds takes place out of obedience. Obedience brings transformation, not just because you want to. I want to do a lot of things, but it doesn't transform my life. I want to have a six-pack, but I also like chicken wings. Yeah, that's right. And I like Taco Tuesdays. I like Wendy's. I, I like the Asiago chicken sandwich at Wendy's, which is fried and has a piece of cheese on it and shouldn't eat it, but I eat it anyway. If I pick a meal, if I'm like doing a good, uh, if I'm trying to eat healthy, I eat just one bad meal instead of two bad meals. See, it's like there's a lot of things we want to do, but there has to be a path of obedience and surrender for us to move in that direction. Isn't that true? Maybe you need a, a you know a realignment today from God's word. That's what I'm doing. And you got lost in the busy pace of life trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to keep up with the Kardashians, right? The pace of American life. You lost, maybe you feel right now that you lost your way, that you lost that intimacy with God. You used to know God deeply. There were moments and times in your life that you knew God and you could hear his voice and you can feel his presence. But today is not that day. It's been a while. And you're like, God, what are you doing? And God's like, what are you doing? I'm right here, man. I'm right here. I'm for you. But I need to draw you to myself. Sometimes God puts things in our lives for our holiness so that he can draw us 
back to us, to himself. God will do those kind of things because you know what? The most important thing in your life is not our comfort or our security, but it is our soul. And God will put bumps and roadblocks and things in our lives so that our soul could could come right back to him, that we can look back to God and say, I need you. I need you. In our culture, it's really hard to say, God, I need you because there's so many things of comfort and security, right? Man, we can pay for I need you. I feel better. I I get higher fences, bigger homes, better this, better that, better education, whatever. We can usually pay for most things, but there comes a time in our life, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have, that we are going to need God and need people deeply, and I don't want you to be alone on that day. Man, none of us are an island. We are in need of God. Anne Lamont said this, wrote, If the devil can't get you to sin, he will keep you busy because he will keep a Christian distracted from his mission and her mission of life. Last week we said stop blaming things, people, ourselves, and our past, and don't even blame life itself because we need to get back to a place That what is keeping us from God is our separation from God. What is keeping us from hope is a spiritual conflict. We need to know God. And so how do we know God? Here's here's now in order to develop this relationship with God, you need to know three things. Say three things. First, who we are. Second, who God is. And third, what must I do now? So I'm going to go fast. Who we are. First, number one, we are God's creation. I'm going to read this, all right? God created us for relationship with him. We belong to him. Every breath in our lungs, every moment, everything is a gift from God. Everything is a gift from God. You wake up in the morning, you better worship God. Some of us, we have lost close loved ones, and we understand that life is short, when the younger you are, you know, when you're like 18, you're like, life takes forever, right? And then, the, and then you're like, oh, man, everything is going faster and faster and faster. We know that life is short, but every breath, every moment, he is a gift from God. And realizing that, that life is a gift from God, is worship. You want to know how to worship God? Realize that your life is a gift from God and you live differently. You do. When you finally realize what worship is, worship is understanding it's all his. It's all his. My life, it's all his. And that's worship. If not, And we're made for worship. If it's not God, we'll worship something or someone else because we're created for that. Because devotion gives us life. When people are not devoted to God, they're devoted to something. Isn't that true? They're devoted to football. They're devoted to the Broncos. People are devoted to the Broncos. We have something way bigger than the Coliseum downtown. It's like 10 times bigger than the Coliseum. You think there's a lack that people are not looking for devotion? People are looking for devotion. People are looking for devotion. They will tattoo people's names on their, on their bodies because they're their favorite sports player or whatever. Uh, it's a person. People are looking for devotion. We know this. Because devotion gives our life meaning, passion, and substance. Yet so many Christians, they do not worship God. We devote ourselves to our own happiness and our own joy. And I'm not trying to bag on Christians, but I am. Right? I am. I'm bagging on myself too. When we are the center of our devotion, and, and, and sometimes we grew up, we man, church messed us up in the past, just throwing it out there. We said, man, you get God in your life, then you'll be happy. 
Then you got God in your life. I'm not happy. Get, oh, get God in your life and your problems will go away. Then you got Jesus in your life and your problems didn't go away. Because we became the center of our devotion. We thought God worshipped us. If I get God and I make this transaction, right, I pay my dues and I become a nice guy, then God better pay me back. That is not devotion to God. That is devotion to yourself. Isn't it? And when we are the center of our devotion, it never brings lasting joy like it promised. All these self-help books, it's like you become a better person, then you'll be happy. How many of those have we read? I've read a ton. And I'm still like, man, John, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. And you have good discipline and things like that. Because we are worshiping ourselves. We are worshiping our happiness. Because number two, we are sinners. That's right. Yeah, no one wants to be told that. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We reject God and cling to whatever we're devoted to our idols, looking for fullness and meaning in our success, looking for meaning in our relationships, our things, or comfort, and so on. It's so funny. We know that it can't complete us, but we try really hard. Right? We know things can't complete us, but we buy as many things as possible. At least I do. I'm like, oh, if I get the next upgraded this. I love photography, right? Just, uh, just to throw it out there. I keep on upgrading my photography gear like it's going to make me happy, and I buy it, and I say, I shouldn't have bought that. <laughs> anyone, anyone have upgraded, and you said, why did I upgrade? I liked the last thing better than I bought this one. Right? I'm an upgrader. I'm an upgrader. I'm always trying to th- see if this makes me happy. And every time... It doesn't. Every time I'm like, then I tell myself, why'd you do that? Now you're missing out on the old thing you just sold, right? And so I'm, I, Candace knows this, and I apologize to her because I'm crazy in that way. But when we, we try to upgrade our idols, we try to cling, we, we try to get to the next thing, success, things. It's so funny because it never completes us. And when we get devoted to these things trying to make us happy, that's called idols. That's sin. Number three, we're in spiritual bondage, right? This is the basics of Christianity. You want to know what Christianity is about? It's about who we are, who God is, and what must I do now? Just throw that out there, right? Spiritual bondage, John 8, 34 says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. As we cling to the things that are trying to make us happy, they become to enslave us. The very things that we cling to, oh, this is going to make me happy, they start to enslave us. The very thing that's supposed to bring us joy, I know, makes us even heavier, becomes a burden from our freedom. Some of us, we know people who always need to be in a relationship. Maybe it's you, maybe it's me, right? Oh, they, they, they're always needing to be in relationship. Even when it's bad for them, they're in a relationship. We know people like that. It might be you, it might be me. Or always have to have the newest toy, the newest thing, and once they get it, ah, it wasn't that great, right? That's me. That's me. I'm putting myself right in there. Or we're addicted to something or whatever. It could be anything. But the very thing that we seek to bring us happiness, it could be our position at work. It could be, okay, if I make $200,000, then I'll be happy. Talk to someone who makes $200,000 a year. They're still looking for $300,000 a year. That's just how it goes. It's a never-ending process because it doesn't complete you. We think, uh, single people think marriage will complete you. Wrong. 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 You know, I always say this. You know what's worse than being single and lonely? Being married and lonely. That's worse. You're like, I thought this was supposed to complete me. So you put even more weight on the other person. And the other person puts weight on you because they were trying to think completing each other would happen. No, there's more to that because we are made 
for God. And it brings a burden and not joy. To live for anything but God leads to a breakdown of decay. It's like a fish that leaves the water which he or she was built for. That fish is not free. That fish is dead, right? Ariel's wrong. Stay under the sea. (laughs) You're built for the sea, Ariel. Calm yourself, right? Worshiping other things besides God leads to a loss of meaning. And I know the younger we are, we don't believe that. No, I can do this. I can do this. I'm telling you, the longer you go on this journey, the simpler you understand life is. There's not many things that matter much. There's people that matter much, right? And then sometimes we, we get our focus off all the wrong, right things onto wrong things. Worshiping other things besides God leads to a loss of meaning. And worshiping other things besides God also leads to an image problem. Because we think if success is my image, if I can get just this much, if I can be the top of the crew, and then I will feel good. And then you get there and you're like, if I can just get my boss's job, then I'll feel good. And then you get there and you're saying, I don't like this job. I know you guys are in this room right now. You're like, oh, you guys are like leaders and managers. You're like, why did I do this to myself? Right? But that's how it goes. Who am I if I'm not a pastor? Who am I if I'm not the smart person in the room? Who am I if I'm not the boss or the mother? And it begins to fill us with fear when we don't get that area that we thought would bring us completeness. Now that's who we are. Now who is God? Number one, God is love and justice. And I want you to stay with me here because this is very intricate, all right? God is concerned for you because he loves you. Most people love those who love them, but God loves us because he made us. We're his creation. We sang it. We're his kids, right? And the breath in our lungs even comes from him. Yet because God is good and loving, he cannot tolerate evil. Here's a metaphor. If your son, right, you love more than anything else, if you, then you start to hate the things that makes him a liar, that makes him a drunkard, that makes him prideful, isn't it? The more I love Gio, the more I hate the things that are hurting him that he can't see. It starts to really bug me that he, he starts to lie all the time. I'm like, Gio, you know why? It's because I love him. If I did not care for him, I would not care. Isn't that true? The more you love someone, the more you hate the things that are hurting them. And in the same way, God, think about that. Now imagine God's situation. He's judge and he's also father and he's sitting on trial of his guilty kids. A judge who knows he cannot let his kids off the hook. For without justice, no society can survive. How much less can a loving God merely ignore and hold back justice for us who are loved by him? So enter into history. Number two, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the son who comes to earth, lives the life we should have lived. A perfect life, loving God with all his heart, mind, and soul, and strength. He lived his life that you and I owed. And instead of receiving his just reward, which is eternal life, he gives his life as a sacrifice for our sins, taking on our punishment, death that each of us owes. And now faith in faith in Christ. Number one, our sins are paid by his death. And number two, his perfect record is transferred to our account. God accepts us as if we have done what Christ has done. That's what we believe. So what must I do? Number one, we must believe. It'll be up there. Faith is reordering our lives to trust Christ. You try to make yourself acceptable, 
but now you begin to rely on Jesus who and you're accepted through Christ. If you try to work your way to God, I'm telling you, you will condemn yourself so badly and you'll condemn others. I think that was part of the problem of our church. Sometimes we know we're loved by God and then we forget. We start trying to, we, we are saved by grace and then we try to work for grace after that. The church, it, and that's it's something that's about us, that's in us, right? We know that we're loved by God, and then we try to work for God's love. And then and when you have that sort of mentality, guess what happens when you make a mistake? You feel that your value has been lowered. Guess what happens when someone else makes a mistake? Oh, I saw Gio do this. His value of God must be lower, right? Because I saw him sin or whatever is in him. And in that way, we begin to start to condemn and break people down because we forget very, from the very beginning, we are loved by God. Tell the neighbor next to you, you were loved by God. Oh, you're loved by God. You're loved by God. Hey, hey, yeah, you're loved by God. No, you, Gio, you, in an awkward way, you are loved by God, dude. I love you, and God loves you. Sometimes I wish someone would just tell me that. I would break, man, because I, I deal with condemnation so heavy. Sometimes I just need to know and tell myself, I tell myself, then I forget, right? You are loved. Oh, God must hate me today. I don't know. Anyone feel like deal with condemnation in this room? Because I am so bad at it. Because there's moments I'm good with God. And then there's moments I'm like, God must hate me because I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> I'm sinful. I'm desiring wrong. I'm lustful. I'm messed up. I think badly about people, right? And I don't say it out here all the time, but like people, like, I've judged them immediately. I'm like, what? What do you, where is this coming from? Is because I have a works mentality of God, and sometimes I want someone just to look at me and tell me, you are loved by God, Michelle. You are loved by God, Gio. Nothing because you could do. You can't earn Jesus' love like you can do something so epic that he loves you more. You're loved by God because the very breath in your lung is his. It's his. You're loved by God, man. You're loved by God. I don't care where you are. You're loved by God. Jamie, you're loved by God. He loves you, not because you work hard and you do urban outreach. You're loved by God because you're his daughter. And when he looks at you, he's so proud. He's so happy to see you. And sometimes I need to hear that in my life because you know what? Because every other voice is so loud in our lives. Isn't it? Randy, isn't it? We feel like, man, I'm not doing good. And and then we're like, God's love. No, God loves you even more. God loves you even more. He, but God, you don't you know I'm going to fail? He's like, I knew you were going to fail way more than you knew. You thought you were going to just fail here and there. I knew you were going to be a total mess, and there was going to be moments you're screaming and pulling your hair and yelling at your kids and then laughing because your wife yelled at her kids. I knew that was you, John. I knew that was you. I knew you were made that way. I knew you were crazy like that. And that's why we come to a place understanding the cross is not this bitter place. It's because Jesus loves me, not because of who I can become, not the future version of you. He loved you right now. We love the future version of our children, but we love our children so deeply. That's why they drive us mad, right? Because we love them so deep. Imagine how God loves his children. And it, re and it takes us to repentance and confession. And it's an admitting that I have been my own master, worshiping the wrong things. Repentance means you ask for forgiveness, then you turn away from your idols, and you turn 
to Jesus. You don't just turn to whatever. You don't say, oh, forgive me, I'm going to do something else. No, you turn to Christ. I love this confession. I am more flawed. God, I am more flawed than, and, and sinful than I've ever dared to believe. But at the same time, I am even more loved and accepted than I ever dared to hope. I choose to turn to you and away from my old life, living for myself, and I live for Christ because I'm made by you. That is the act of faith. When we come to a place in our life, when we say, I know who I am, I am crazy, I am sinful, sinfuler than I ever dared to hope, that if, but I come to a place that I'm more loved than I've ever dared to, to even experience, to understand, God. That's faith. Your accounts are cleared. At this time, we're going to close and they're going to just play some music over us. But I want you to pray about this. All the information that's up there, that's faith. Where are you struggling up there? Where do, where do we struggle? Is it who we are or who God is? Some of us, where do we struggle in this area? I ask the Holy Spirit to start speaking to your heart right now. As I close today, we need follow through. If you are making a decision for Christ today, I need you to tell someone or you are struggling with uh, the burden of sin, or you're struggling with making idols of all places of your life, or you just don't measure up, that's such a lie. Measure up to what? To other people? No. The only thing that matters is that I measure, I am Christ's child. I will not measure up to his grace for me. He loves me. Maybe you need to tell someone that today. That's why get yourself in a group again. That's why you just start to pray in the morning. God, help me today. I know I'm going to go into a tough situation that I put myself into. God, help me through it for the next step and the next step. But John, what if I'm not ready? Then make a list of your issues and I will go over it with you. Or I will put someone in your life. That's called discipleship. You walk with someone. And you have questions. That also happens in group. And that's why we're pushing it so much, right? Write down your barriers with God, the things you have problems with. And let's work this out together. That's called the process of faith. Christians call it sanctification. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens step by step by step as you connect with people, as you grow, as they input into you that one day you will lead someone in that same way. It's a beautiful way that Jesus has made to go and make disciples. Take a moment. Just pray, God, what up there on that list of things, God? Am I dealing with God? That myself, is it you? What must I do now, God? Is it something that happened in my past and it has shaped, utterly shaped my view of you, God? And I can't forgive it, God? What is it? Just take we're going to take a couple moments. Jen, you can just sing over us. Just bow your heads. Just join me. Just, if you, just pretend. If, you, if you're not going to join me, just pretend. But just bow your heads. Some of us, if we just need to say, God, if you're real, I need you to speak to my heart today. God, I'm really, really dealing right now with my
church family. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God. Now we know some stuff, Lord God, but I pray that we would take the next step for some of us. Lord God, it's to start writing down things that we deal with. For some of us, it's to join a group and, Lord, be a part of a family, Lord God. For some of us, it's a confession, it's repentance, Lord God, and saying, God, I'm misaligned, or God, I'm far from you, or God, Jesus, I don't even know you, but you, I feel like you're seeking after me, and I need to know you, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, all that is happening today, Lord God. And I pray, and I thank you, and we celebrate you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming here. Get to know one another. Yeah, give God praise. Thank you.